Hello, this is Joshua Bell from The Kilt and the Cloth. This was my sermon from January 17th, 2021, entitled, Come and See. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed preaching it. God bless. My scripture this morning will be taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. If you'd like to follow along, you can read it on the screen or open a Bible. (laughs) The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. And when Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? (laughs) You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. What is the one movie you would recommend that a friend would go see? What is the one movie you would not recommend for them to go see? You got them in your your minds? I, I think about this a lot, you know, because, well, in the, in the role of pastor, I, I have to be careful of what movies I admit that I actually watch. <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all times, and, and, and there's two of them. Uh, one is called Big Fish, and the other one's called Secondhand Lions. Both movies, in that experience, you, you have these stories of these people, right? The whole basic idea of both of these movies is to make a movie out of somebody else's story. And it's fascinating how we tell stories. It's fascinating on how we explain to people that are have never met someone how and what they looked like, what they sounded like, how they worked through their existence in such a way that does them honor. And then there's those movies that I would not recommend, and and there's 
just too long of a list to go through. But I, I, I think the beautiful part about movies is, is that it's a, it's, a, it's a storytelling practice that gives us the ability to visually see something that we've mentally embedded in our brain. In Secondhand Lions, you have two men. Well, let's be honest, they're grumpy old men. That's how they would refer to themselves. That decided that it's now time to go out to the farm and basically die. Their lives are over in their minds, and everything that they think is going to happen is over. And in the underlying aspect of the story, you find out that they have, in some way or another, uh, a lot of wealth that they have amassed. And they live in this run-down, beat-up farmhouse away from everyone. Now, I can't lie to you and tell you that my favorite part of the movie is this when they would sit on the front porch with shotguns, waiting for traveling salespeople to come by and see them. I, I, I have these images of, of how this would look and how somehow no one arrested them. Um, and at the same time, uh, it was never to aim or hurt anyone. It was to let you know, no, you're not welcome on my property unless you have something really, really neat to sell us. But Big Fish, the story about Big Fish is about the relationship between a father and a son that was fractured because of his stories. The son grew up listening to his father tell these outlandish stories that in some way somehow could not be physically possible. Stories about gigantic catfish and mermaids and giants. And somehow, as this father was traveling, he would come back to tell his son these stories. But all his son heard was, you went to be with them and not me. And at the end of the father's existence... His dad says, I want you to tell me a story. Come and see. We also talk about this a lot. We talk about who is Jesus. Look at the names that people use for the name of Jesus. They use the phrases like Lamb of God, Son of God, Rabbi. Mashiach or Messiah. Even in this passage, you hear the phrase, the son of Joseph from Nazareth, the king of Israel, and the son of man. Have you ever wondered why there's so many names for Jesus? Why is it that it's so easy for us to talk about what Jesus is, but it's really hard for us to come up with just one name? Well, it's simple, you see. All of us experience the story of Jesus in a different way. 
Some of us might see him in the faces of others. Some of us might experience him in the moments of grief and feeling that presence that passes all of our understanding. Some of us see it when we feed the hungry or we clothe the naked or visit those that are sick and imprisoned, even if it is through a window. And every one of us come to Jesus with different needs and expectations. And yet, at the end of our existence, our job is to say to people, come and see this wonderful, beautiful thing that has changed the world. His prophetic voice that rings out in our minds. This last week, we spent every day talking about Hebrew Bible prophets. And we spent every single day in this class talking about prophets in our own midst and prophets that have lived in our past who people flocked to hear, to see, and sometimes to ridicule or to verbally abuse or even assassinate. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And in his own words, I have a dream. In those moments, those places of prophetic speak, where all he was saying in most aspects was that I can imagine a world where we see beyond the color of skin, to see beyond the external images that the world gives of this human being. And they are all treated as equal. In every aspect of what Martin Luther King was doing, he was saying, come and see, or even maybe go and dream of what the world would look like if we really did walk in the stories what if we were a part of that story of Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth? You know, it's, it's really frustrating in the world that we live in because we have a really hard time looking beyond the superficial. I loved how the beginning of this passage, or in the middle of the passage, Someone says, well, Nathaniel, can anything, I think it might have been even Philip or one of the people that were listening, it doesn't matter at this point. Someone says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Huh. How many times have they said that about us? At one point in my life, there was... There was places where people would say, I never thought anything good came out of McAllister. About me. I, I can remember people saying things like, how can anything good come from these other places? You see, when people say things like that, it's, it's not to say that what their words were said were, that mattered. It was to diminish where they were from, who they are. 
And this goes beyond racial boundaries. It goes beyond the superficial, right? The things that we see. What if, what if this week and every day of this week, we opened our days with looking at them through the lenses of Jesus? What if we took the opportunity to be a part of the phrase that Jesus used, where you will see greater things than these? What if you were the voice that said, come and see the prophetic voice in our community that gives a sense of hope, a sense of comfort, a sense of peace, and a sense of love? Our world is fractured but Jesus is still visible. Our world may be fighting and angry with one another, and at the end of the day, you are going to be called to task to tell the story. And what would your story be? Would it be a message of hate that seems to be prolific throughout our culture? Would it be a message of pointing fingers and saying, this is, this is why this person is so much less than I am. Look at them. They even came from Nazareth. Or would it be a message of hope and love and justice? For fear of your own death. What we need now are prophetic voices of love, peace, and justice. And justice not of what you think is right and wrong, but of God's justice. You think that God is upset with the creation today? The part that was amazing to me about this last week, it says when you look at Hebrew Bible prophets, it's as if God groans with pain and suffering when people treat people less than one another. And yeah, I, I, and I mean that sincerely. You are all prophets of the kingdom of heaven. What is your message? When our God weeps for the hate and bitterness thrown out by one another, what is your message? in the midst of paying attention more to the political scenes and turning a blind eye towards those that are starving in our midst. My hope is, is that what we learn from this experience in our world right now is, is that we learn that the prophetic voice isn't always the voice that we should be listening to. You see, that's part of the problem. Somewhere down the road, we got the idea that prophets are the voice that speaks the loudest. 
And that is inaccurate. Why do you think we say the still, small voice of God? Maybe the voice that needs to be spoken louder needs to be the voice of Christ. In our own worlds, as we all struggle to find ways of bringing people closer to this understanding and relationship with Christ, as we all say, come and see. My hope is is that we here at First Christian Church in Perry, all of those that believe in Jesus Christ and create him as our Savior, will be that prophetic voice of love. The voice that wants to unite one another because we all draw the Ruach of God. All of those that draw breath, whether whether they're Republicans, whether they're Democrats, whether they're independents or libertarians or black, white, purple, I don't know. It doesn't matter. All of those human beings that draw breath are children of God. And you have the responsibility to be that prophetic voice as we go out into the world saying, come and see and feel the presence of God. For what God does is so much bigger than what humans do. In the name of the Creator, the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.